Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, writer pals. Welcome to How Do You Write? Episode number three, and we are with Adrian Martini today. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, just a little bit of an update on my end. Well, um, my wife lost her job, so that is going to be fine. There's a bunch of great things about that. Number one being that uh, she hated that job. So she's going to be much happier in the job that she finds. Um, can't wait for that. However, if you know me at all, you know that I don't. <laughs> I don't wait for things to happen. I like to get up and make things happen. And um, sometimes that can be a little bit problematic. But what has been great about being self-employed is that when I wake up at midnight in, I wouldn't call it a panic attack, more like a worry storm. Yeah, it's a worry storm. Um, What it means is that instead of stressing out about getting back to sleep so that I can get up early and go to work and work for 48 hours, Um, now I just get up and I go to my desk and I start brainstorming things, worry storming things. And, um, I've kind of just been really cool with that. Um, a couple weeks ago, I stayed up all night doing that earlier this week. I stayed up for hours, um, working on a new idea. I'm torn between going several different directions right now. I uh, I signed a new contract for a new book, the third in the Darling Songbird series. So that is a go that will be written. However, I have a little bit of time in before I need to start writing that book. So I'm trying to decide whether to write a police procedural thriller. Awesome. Fun. I can totally do that. Plus, with the dispatching experience, I can finally use it. Uh, you know, it's not something I could ever use when I was 911. I've been waiting to use it. Um, but, you know, that's that's not a safe bet. I don't write thrillers. I don't know if my agent could sell a thriller. I don't know um, what the thriller market will look like when I'm done writing it. So the other thing I'm thinking about writing is some uh, serial very sexy cliffhanger kind of um, books. So um, that might be a little bit more a sure bet on the financial side. And I bet some of you listening would like to read those. So um, as well as a thriller, you guys read everything just like me. And uh, so I'm thinking a lot about that. And I'm staying up late at night in my worry storm. Um, but that just means that I get to sleep in the next day and take a nap the next day with the, with the dog. Yeah, Dozy, the little dog that I found and named Theodosia. Some of you have seen her on the Twitters or the Instagrams. Um, she's doing great. She is now spayed. Her cone is off. She will never have any babies. And, um, she is learning her place in the house, which is, uh, firmly at the top, unfortunately for Clara and Clementine. Dozy is now bossing the hell out of them. And, um, you know, that's that's the way it goes. I like a, a bossy person. I really do. I like the problem. Children, you might remember my cat, Digit, who was the worst cat who ever lived. And uh, that's about it. Let's get into the interview with Adrian Martini. I know you'll enjoy it. And um, thanks so much for listening. Well, hello, Adrian. Hello, how are you? I'm so glad to see you. Let me give you uh, the listeners a bio on you. Adrian Martini writes nonfiction, including a memoir about knitting a complicated sweater that's called Sweater Quest. 
My Year of Knitting Dangerously. Loved that book. And she wrote a book about Appalachia, insanities, and families. But it's funny, and it's called Hilly, Hillbilly Gothic, a memoir of madness and motherhood. I also love that. They were both published by the Free Press. Other works of hers include two kids, a pastel of nonfiction pieces on everything from tofurkey to poop. She writes and edits the alumni magazine at SUNY Oneonta, and she writes a column for Another Mother Runner online. Let me say that again. Another Mother Runner. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Adrian. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, this podcast is about process because writers love to hear right. about and talk about process. I'm always disappointed right. when I don't get that question when I'm in a, or when I'm in an audience and the question doesn't come up. So I would like to ask you, what is the best time of day for you to write? Um, generally, well, let me preface this with, I worked for a newspaper for 10 years before I really started writing. So, um, uh, you know, I you reach a point where you can't really have favorite times of day or favorite places or anything like that because you always there's always the deadline and it's always waiting and it just kind of hovers out there waiting for you. Um, or you have an editor who shows up in your doorway and goes, "Hey, yeah, we're waiting on you." Uh, so you kind of start to be slightly less um, delicate, flowery. <laughs> about the whole thing yeah. you just are like I, I have a job and I have to sit here and I do my job um, for things that I'm writing more for me I tend to write better kind of mid-morning mm -hmm. because I've gotten up had some coffee walked around a little bit done my normal uh, you know hour and a half of farting around online trying to convince myself that it's really time to actually buckle down and get some work done the daily um, <laughs> The daily battle. Um, I don't, yeah. Even, But even before, you know, there was the internet, because I'm old, and I remember the time before too, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was still the morning battle of, you know, you kind of have to get in and get settled and, you know, get your stuff out and read what happened the day before and read the papers and do all, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just kind of a natural part of, of what it is that my brain needs to do. Um, and I like to explain it looks like just farting around, and, and it is, but it's also kind of that priming the pump, like, okay, we're awake, we're doing things now. Absolutely. You know, you need to get it done. Yeah. And how do you write? Are you longhand? Are you solely on the computer? Uh, oh, never longhand. Um, I just, I, uh, I've always written on the computer. I edit on the com computer. Um, it probably explains why I'm half blind, um, but no, I do it all electronically. What program yeah. do you use? The idea of having, um, I use whatever the computer has, uh, either Word or um, the Mac version, um, because I just, I tried, uh, I've used Scrivener off and on because I do make these occasional forays into fiction and I find it's really good for organizing everything. Yeah. Um, but I tend to be pretty, um, picture me like the, the person you always see in crime dramas that have the poster and then like the yarn from point to point to point, the big visual thing. Uh -huh. um, that if I could do that, if I could convert every room into that uh, <laughs> so I could keep everything straight, 
that would be my ideal universe. So I like I have piles and the piles mean very specific things. And then when any given project's done, all the pile those piles go away and I start accumulating Where do you the put next piles? sets of piles. Um, it depends. Uh, most of the time I just chuck them or shred them. It just yeah. depends on what it, what it is. Um, I don't need the pile once I've finished the thing. The pile is irrelevant. I was kind um, of um, comm- commemorative with my first few books that I, you know, I had a, I had a box for each book and all the papers went in there and the proof pages and, right. and, and then after, after like three books, I was like, this is when I would never look back at this. Yes. And then I used that <laughs> for my printer paper for like four years. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, give it to the kids to draw on back when they were still doing that kind of thing. Um, I use it for printer paper. I mean, uh, you know, it's just, it's stuff. I don't, you know, it's the finished product. It's not all of the the stuff that you took to get there. So, yeah. Where do you write most? Um, I, now that I work, so I work for the alumni magazine. So I have an office in the alumni office. I know it's crazy, right? Um, I used to have, I still do have a home office, but any more, most of my writing happens in that office. Um, And there's like upside and downside to it. You know, the upside is if I'm there, um, you know, my brain goes, oh, we're working now. This is work time. Right. Whereas at home, you're kind of like, well, maybe I'll start the laundry and maybe I'll make dinner and maybe I'll organize this pile and maybe I'll do this and that. Um, And also I have two kids and they're older now and much more able to kind of fend for themselves and they understand what a closed door means. Um, But it's still another distraction. And, you know, there's a dog here and two cats and it's always fun to go annoy the cats and it's always fun to, you know, take the dog for a walk. So. I found having an office is really an office that is not in my house is really yeah. helpful. Yeah. I go to the cafe a lot, but lately I've been here at the home office a lot, which I'm yeah. liking, but oh. you know, I'm surrounded by animals right now. So. Yes. Yes. And the cafe, I just found too distracting, like going to a coffee shop or something. I'm just like, Oh look, all these people, maybe I'll look at all these people and more people are coming in and more people are leaving and <laughs> Oh look, it's raining. And you know, I just, it was too much. And what uh, secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Um, I discovered that you really can't wait for inspiration. You just can't. Um, you're never going to feel like it. Uh, once, Especially yeah. once you get over that immediate, oh, isn't this fun? And then you're like, oh, God, I'm only 10 pages in and this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Why am I not done? Um, that the trick is really, it's routine. You just sit down, you know what you need to accomplish. Um, and there was a tip that you had given, oh, this was years and years and years ago, um, where you would make X's on the calendar mm-hmm. and said something along the lines of don't break the chain. Um, and that is crucial i think even when you know you're churning out garbage just you have to do it you have to get the garbage out of the way um in order you know that needs to be written too and you're never going to feel like oh my god today the muse has visited um i think if you suddenly start thinking that you're having some kind of you know might be having a psychotic break coming along shortly um yes yes maybe you should lay down for a little bit um (laughs) there is no muse there's no it's you know, you just put the words in a row and 
then you go back and you go through them again and then you go through them again. And then sometimes you go, Oh, Hey, well, that wasn't awful. Yeah. Um, I actually like that. So you sentence. just keep going. And then, and then you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I might actually have a brain in my head. Yay. <laughs> oh, wait. And then there's this one. Oh, oh, sad. Yeah. How do you refill the creative well when you're run dry, when you're empty? Um, reading. I mean, you know, I'm a big, I've always been a big reader and I find a book that I know is by a writer that I really love. Um, uh, oh shoot. Mary Roach has a new book out. Um, I just saw her speak the other night. She's amazing. I, yeah. I've gotten to interview her a couple times now. Um, and she will answer any question. She will answer any phone call because she's like, that's what I do all day too. And you know, I get my best material because I call this gastroenterologist who nobody ever talks to. And, um, and he took my call. So, um, but reading her work is always enlightening and it's always hysterical. And she's always willing to put herself, um, if there is a person who's being made the butt of a joke, it's always her, you know, she's always like, I'm going to do this silly thing. And I know I'm doing a silly thing. Um, she doesn't show that shame that a lot of isn't people... Isn't this fun? Yeah. No, 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 not at all. For listeners, um, her, her new book is called Grunt, and it's about soldiers. And uh, she was talking, in, in, when, I, when I saw her speak the other night, she was talking about trying on one of the flak vests. And she looked yes. down and she really, she thought, oh, how I could put my lipstick in this. And then, you know, somebody started laughing at her because that's where they put bullets. Yes. <laughs> and it hadn't crossed her mind. You just yeah. thought it was Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite uh, Mary Roach bits is her Facebook. And I can't remember. It's like Packing for Mars. I can't remember the, the real title of it. Um, where she decides to try out one of the um, space station toilets that was in this facility that she was touring because um, apparently it's a very, they need practice because of the way the toilet's designed. So you have to kind of line everything up um, and there's a little camera down there so that you can see that you've lined up all of the bits that you need to line up. Um, and she decides to go try it. Um, and she does this whole, there's a whole back and forth with her and the, the very serious person who was trying to train her on this toilet um who reminded her very forcefully now this is just for practice you don't actually use the toilet and it's just this whole sequence of exchanges it's absolutely hysterical and she's like there are portions of the anatomy that you just don't want to see projected in front of you on a camera <laughs> so i do yeah. also find inspiration from her just her fearlessness and her yes. willingness will her willingness to be wrong about things yeah 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 and being wrong and then suddenly going yep that was wrong but I'm gonna figure it out I get that a lot from your writing too I have I have definitely seen that in there you're not you're not scared to be embarrassed about growing up (laughs) (laughs) no because that's part of the journey um you know the the mistakes are what make it interesting if you any book if you say, well, I'm going to do this thing. Look, I did this thing. It's a really short book. You know, it's, it's all of the little ins and outs and it's and all the other stuff that happens while you're trying to do that thing. It's yeah. totally boring. Yeah. Um, when the, uh, 
this might be my other piece of writing advice is there's a band called Blues Traveler, which I'm sure you remember because I we're do. about the same age. I could probably sing all the words to a lot of yes. their songs. <laughs> well, they have a lyric that's something right about um, a boring play where the heroes always write and nobody expects too much. Yeah. Um, and I, I always thought, yeah, that's, you know, the hero can't be right and the hero can't be right all the time and people have you have to have higher expectations right, um right. and that's what makes it interesting so yeah yep i'm, pl I'm plotting something right now so you're I'm okay i'm taking those words in thank you okay <laughs> and it, is, there, is there anything you would like to plug right now would you like to send the listeners to yes so i've been doing a bi-monthly um and I always screw this up. It, it's every other week. So it's what? Bi-weekly. It's every other weekly. It's. Uh, I, I never know what the right word is. Fortnightly um, column good. for another mother runner. Um, because I am a runner, which is not a thing I ever, ever, ever expected ever to have happen. Um, ever. And I've run a couple of half marathons and I decided this year I'm going to do the New York City Marathon. Uh, the whole um, thing? I know. I know. The whole, the whole thing. All 26.2 miles. Yeah. Um, and this is huge. And this, I'm sure many mistakes will be made. Um, but I've been, I've been writing about that process as well. So training hasn't really started for that yet, but it's, it's starting imminently. Um, well, and so there will be plenty of lessons learned. Oh, well, thank you. I, you know, <laughs> I used you. to be yeah. a runner and I've, I've given it up for yoga and, um, laziness really, but, yeah. but, uh, I, I did, I did love it. And, um, so is it, so is it just anothermotherrunner.com? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Um, and if you go to the site, there are then the little tabs at the top that, you know, go to the blog one and that'll, Perfect. that'll get you there. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be reading. And if you get me to run, I'll be really mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not saying everybody has to run. I'm saying you should do something. You should maybe do something like get up and move around a little bit. But, um, this, uh, I just enjoy it and I don't enjoy it. It's like writing, you know, you don't enjoy every minute, but you have those minutes where you're like, wow, this is awesome. And then it goes away again. But yeah, I always enjoy having written and I always yes. enjoyed having run. And I yes. pretty much mostly hate my way through all the rest of it. Yep. yep. And that's okay. Yeah, that's totally. Okay. Totally. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. Happy writing to you. You too. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, where I live, or Facebook, where I don't, and look for the show notes and more fun at howdoyouwritepodcast.com. You can also support my Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a dollar an essay. Just go to patreon.com backslash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, and now go to your desk and perform some of your own feats of writing daring do. Create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>